But if it's something where like, hey, my New Year's, I want to start working out, why wait till January 1? Just drop down and do 10 push-ups right now. You just started working out. Good job. It's a little warm outside. Go walk around the block. That's your first workout. You did it before the New Year. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. The coaches, what was he wearing yesterday? He was in practice. They showed him dancing. He's like, I wish it was a little bit colder. <laughs> Listen, man, as professional athletes, I feel like at a certain point, you should probably just be used to the weather, right? Yeah. It's probably hard, though, if you practice every day in warm weather inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even think, like, when we look at the Dolphins and Bills, the Bills, maybe they are, maybe Josh Allen is. They seem to be a better team than, like, when a controlled environment because of just, like, that good offense. But when you live in it and you go outside, you walk your dog, you go out to dinner, like you're just, yeah. you're used to it. Where these guys are just like, they don't play in that stuff. It nope, doesn't mean they can't going. win in it, but that just changed the elements. I don't know. If, no, I mean, even a small adjustment for me going to, from Cleveland to Columbus. Yeah. With that lake effect, like it was just always colder in Cleveland. So yeah. when I got to Columbus, it was like, bro, it's not even cold outside, really. I mean, it was cold, yeah. but not for real. Yeah. But after a couple of years of living in Columbus, I started getting a lot colder quicker because I'm like, yo, I'm not, yeah. I'm not used to this kind of cold anymore. So yeah, I yeah. can definitely see that. That's for sure. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like last year when Ohio State went to Michigan, I mean, I remember I was running late. I went to my brother's house and mm-hmm. the TV was on and I was like, oh man, it's getting white. Like mm-hmm. what's happening? Like yeah, I didn't know there was going to be snowed. I didn't even know. I didn't, I don't know if I realized. Coming down. Yeah. And like I said, that game, as soon as I saw those long sleeves on the line, yeah. I was like, it's over. Yeah. It's over, man. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a long day. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's not good, man. Weather plays a role. That's funny, though. Like going from Cleveland to Columbus, like I went Buffalo to Charleston, South Carolina. And I'll talk about like, I saw snow one time and it was like, like a minute or two. And that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it like people freaked out. <laughs> and that's just different. It's just, and I went back and it was like New Year's Eve. I'm like, it is freezing outside. Like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get used to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like somebody coming from a cold state and going to, say, University of Miami or Florida and mm-hmm. having to, you know, deal with that kind of yeah. thing. So the weather changes. You just have to, I mean, your body will eventually adjust, but yeah. Yeah, man. We're going to find out who the real players are. Come January, we're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have teammates? at Ohio State that now the players are coming from like everywhere. It's like mm-hmm. Florida is like just normal. Like they just signed a five-star number two kid in the class from Florida. Yeah. Do you remember the kids and they came up there and like it got, you know, October hit, it got a little chilly out? Yeah, we actually had a lot of kids come from Florida while I was there. The one story I always tell is when Ryan Shazier came up, him and Jeremy Cash came up. They came up early in the wintertime, which to me, any kid that chooses Ohio State chooses to graduate early and decides to come in during the wintertime. I'm just kind of like, do you even know what you're doing? Like you're going from <laughs> yeah, yeah. one extreme to another, but you pretty much get baptized by fire or in this case by snow. Right. So mm. Ryan Shazier comes up and I think within the first week he was sick. 
I mean, like he yeah. was like, man, I don't understand how you guys do this. <laughs> this is crazy. You guys are nuts. And then fast forward when he was playing with the Steelers, I mean, he was over there doing warm-ups with a shirt off and freezing yeah, weather. Yeah, he got so used to it. Got real yeah. used to it. Now, he'll tell you the story that he was still cold, but he did it just to get an edge on somebody else. Yeah, so I have no idea why these kids from Florida come up early to these cold <laughs> states. Yeah. yeah, you want to work your way. You start in August, right? July, August. Work your way. It's nice. You work your way towards October. You get some couple chilly days, and mm-hmm. by the time November rolls around, you're feeling good. But yeah, those... Those cities you mentioned, Cleveland, you mentioned Pittsburgh, we mm-hmm. talk about Buffalo. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just a different kind of, it's cold, gray, and snows, right? Lake mm-hmm. effect and, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things. Like Minneapolis is cold. That's just freezing. Like, I don't know if it snows as much. It's just freezing. Wait, it's cold yeah. over there. Yeah. And now the Gophers, they got an outdoor stadium now. Listen, we played Minnesota in their outdoor stadium back in 2010. Ugh. I think it may have been a November game too. Yeah. And man, it was cold. It was freezing. <laughs> it sounded like a good idea at first. Like, oh, you got an outdoor stadium. But then you're like, wait, what are we going to do in October, November? Possibly. I mean, you never know if they decide to host a playoff game. What if it's hosted out yeah. in Minnesota? We don't know. Yeah. So that could happen. That's going to be a lot, man. But yeah, bring one of them Southeastern teams up there. Let's see what happens. They're going to be cold. It reminds yeah. me of the game when Miami played Wisconsin. I think they were in uh, Tampa. I think that's where the bowl game was. And those kids from Miami, they were in long sleeves, tights. Like, they were freezing. And I think it may have yeah. been like 45 outside. Wisconsin <laughs> had short sleeves on. Like, it was Yeah, they're like, this is nothing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always think back to when the Bills in their heyday, Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, they wore the cutoffs. And the other teams out there, and they're just parkas and bundles and hats and all this type of stuff. And in Thurman, when he left Buffalo, now he's back after he retired. But when he left and that whole thing fell apart, he ended up in Miami. He was like on one of their actually pretty good teams. And he told his teammates, he's like, it was all mental. Like mm-hmm. we just wanted the other team to think that way. So they showed up. Miami, because of Thurman, came out in their cutoffs and no shirts and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So yeah, like what kind of edge can you get on these yep. guys? That's what you got to do. That's yeah. what it is, man. That's the name of the game. Mental edge. Yeah. It got to have an edge, which hopefully, speaking of the edge, Ohio State gets an edge going into this Georgia game because they're definitely going to need it. But they won't have, I mean, they won't be lacking fans, that's for sure. I mean, I put a request in to get four tickets for the bowl game. And because of the demand being so high and as far as like priority level tickets, like I didn't get tickets for the bowl game. And Hmm. I put in four, four tickets, so... Someone asked me about it and I was like, I haven't donated enough money back to the university to get yeah. up to that priority. Oh, but man. the fact that I think Ohio State ended up returning tickets to like 6,000 people. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be packed. Ohio State yeah. will have a lot of fans down there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fans in the Southeast. And I mean, I'm striking distance. You know, people who live in Atlanta, they haven't been there yet. But it's wild when you say that, like they haven't given enough money to Ohio State. Like, and it's just so confusing because you talk about this whole, NIL stuff. I want to come back to the Georgia thing too. Like, oh, yeah, no doubt. The collectives, like, there's just been a lot in the news, and Ohio State had to respond because people were getting frustrated. They didn't get some recruits. And then, of course, in the last couple of days, they've gotten a quarterback, they got a top wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But man, like, people are freaking out. They're like, they're losing the guys because they're not paying them enough. There's just a lot going on, right? Because Ohio State has a lot of donors. They have collectives, but that's not money that's going to the NIL. That's their own money, and they got to pay for 
as we know, mm -hmm. all the other sports, they got to pay for the school. Mm -hmm. It's got to go to a lot of places, but people are getting antsy. And now they're talking about the subscription-based model, whatever they're going to call it, to where fans, you and I, can send in $5 a month on their subscription to contribute to the NIL. It's just... It's a very confusing and wild west time that we're in with college football right now. And Ohio State's definitely dealing with it because some of these other programs, Miami, you mentioned, Texas A&M, they seem to be handing out bags of money. At the same time, a lot of Texas A&M kids are going for a year or two and they're hitting the transfer portal no, pretty quickly mm -hmm. because, yeah. I mean, what's the culture like there? I don't know. It's very confusing. Yeah, man. I mean, a lot of people are saying that it's not fair that you can go and pay the players. But to me, I kind of look at it like the NCAA has been essentially pimping these kids, which I was one of those kids at one point for, what, 20, 30, 40 years. And yeah. now all of a sudden you want to call foul because you can't afford to pay for somebody, but you weren't crying foul when you're making billions and millions off of these kids nah. either. So it's like, I mean, there's definitely got to be some common ground where it's like, okay, guys, maybe we cap the amount that someone can get is at, I don't know, 500000 or seven fifty. I really don't know what the number will be. Yeah. I guess you can try to do it like that. But at the end of the day, this is kind of what was created by the NCAA not paying the players initially and or yeah. the rules that they set in place. Like you can't even get a free meal without getting oh, man. suspended for a game. At that point, they should have created rules beforehand. So that players yeah. were able to at least get some compensation, whether it be free meals, sponsorships, or even paid. And I, I don't think we would be here today, but because it went on, here we are. Yeah. We went from so many rules, like you talked about, to just wide open. It'd be like if we went out right now and took all the speed limit signs down mm -hmm. and said, just you can drive as fast as you want. There's no rules. Like yeah. it'd be total chaos. Yeah. It'd be total chaos. Yeah. And eventually, I don't know, like, can the NCAA, do they even have any teeth anymore where they can come in and say, hey, we made a mistake. We got to rein this in a little bit. You know, I don't think they can unless a bunch of, but you can't just have the schools get together at this point because mm -hmm. now you have, I almost feel like you have a player's union where someone's going to have to represent the players. Here's the thing. If the NCAA gets with the schools and say, hey, we have to put an end to this and they kind of form their own coalition, then that's where you get the players' unions that's going to form, which I know yeah. Northwestern tried to form a couple of years ago and it did not work. But, I mean, if they try to stop the money from coming in now, then you get a players' union, and all of a sudden, you might be looking at a strike of college football. Yeah. And if there's a strike that goes on in college football, oh, man. I mean, it's over with. We already saw what COVID did to college football. Yeah. And really just universities in general. So. It's going to be a very tough play, I would say, for the universities to actually go and try to make something like that happen. I don't see it happening, but again, right? they don't know. I mean, there's so much going on. There's so much going on. Like a middle ground, right? Like, and I agree. If a kid can go earn money at whatever amount that someone's willing to pay him, it's a free market. Like, he should be able to do that. Now, at the same time, if he chooses a place that wasn't going to better his... That's a decision that he made. And how do we even know? Because you can't go back in time. It's like, well, if he would have gone to Ohio State, he would have made it to the NFL. No one knows that. A lot of these kids at this point, there's only a small percentage that go to the NFL. Yeah, they always compare it. They'll talk about like, Bryce Young could come back for his last year, next year, whatever, how many years he's got left. And he can make a million dollars, $2 million. And be like, no doubt he could do that. At the same time, he go to the NFL and make $30 million. But again, we're talking about one guy who's a starting quarterback at Alabama who won a Heisman. Like exactly. it's not we're talking about Bryce yeah. Young, the CJ Strouds of the world. Yeah. Not the Nate Olivers of the world where it's like, yo, I'm sorry. Like 
for example, coming out of high school, four-star athlete, right? Mm. If Ohio State said they offered me $250,000 to go and play football there, but another school offered me five hundred or even 750000 to go to their school, I'm sorry, I'm not going to Ohio State. Yeah. Like, as much as I love Ohio State, yep. that kind of money helps change generations at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. But the game has changed, and it's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, even when you... Uh, Go back and look at SMU and the Pony Express and how, you know, they had all those players. And and then eventually it got to the NCAA that they were paying players and they received the death penalty and scholarships revoked and it destroyed the program. Right. And then all these other things that were happening over the years from the suspensions for selling jerseys or autographs and Reggie Bush getting his Heisman Trophy taken away. Like at this point. There's so many things that have happened that the floodgates have been open and good luck shutting them. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. The Collective is what it's called, right? With mm-hmm. Brian Schottenstein and Cardell Jones, they're running it. From what I hear, obviously they're both good guys mm-hmm. and they're doing this out of, they want to support Ohio State's football program, right? That's why they're doing it. And yeah, they're going to, at the end of the day, they're going to get access to players and perhaps score deals with them later on when they turn pro or whatever else happens. I don't know. I'm sure there's benefits to them, notoriety, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes with it. So it seems like in, in the school, university, Ohio State University didn't really acknowledge them until like this past week when Gene Smith mentioned them as an option to be worth someone you can send your money to. But then I saw the collective and I don't know if it was those two or somebody else and they're getting engaged with the fans. I don't know if you've seen this or not on Twitter because people are arguing and they're going back and forth with them. Like, well, what have you done? Like the collective saying, what have you done to contribute to it? So it's just, it's an interesting time when a university and all the money that the football program brings in is really actually going to the fans anywhere that can pay $5, $100, whatever they can give to this to make the program. And I'm like, man, the fans are buying tickets. They're watching the game on TV. They're buying stuff. It's like, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And I'm not saying don't send them money, do what you got to do. It's just interesting that like, this is like a billion dollar franchise, really. It's an NFL team almost. And money's going to have to come from somewhere because they're not going to take money from like, say someone donates a million dollars to Ohio State. They're not going to take that money and give it to the recruits. It's just wild, man. I don't even know what to make of it at times because like, I get it. Now you can, if you give $5 or $100, you can feel a part of that team. But I'll tell you what, man, when people start making mistakes and you've given them money, that's when people start holding you accountable, even if it like the terms aren't equal. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this could be wild. It is going to be wild. And I think it goes back to your point. I think you said last week is these universities are going to start having GMs (laughs) or at least a, a GM position over, say, football and basketball. Because it's going to get crazy and someone's going to have to answer the questions of, well, I gave you X amount as a fan base. We gave you, I don't know, 15 million. That's obviously a high number, but we gave you 15 million and your recruiting classes aren't where they should be for $15 million. This isn't happening. Now, where's the return on my investment? Do I get my money back? Like what happens now? Right. So, I mean, it's going to be uh, interesting, but. One of the things that I'm starting to see too is like when it comes to the collectives and all these other NIL groups that are out there, I don't know how many fundraisers they actually have on those boards and how much experience they have in fundraising. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have a big name. The big name helps, but if you can't talk to talk and inspire people to give, 
it's going to be real tough to get that money like coming in. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it opens up new positions within the university, new fundraiser positions where they're like, hey, we're going to go seek some of the greatest fundraisers in the nation. They're going to be a part of this collective and their job is to raise X amount. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, they're still going to get guys, clearly. Who was it? I'm just pulling up his name. It's Jeremiah Smith, the five-star receiver. He's of the talent that you would think like a Garrett Wilson to where he can mm-hmm. be a top. He could be a first-round pick. So yeah. they're going to get... They got that quarterback-receiver connection going. Like any quarterback or receiver that gets the opportunity to play at Ohio State with Ryan Day, I mean, that's almost a lottery ticket right there. So I think they're still going to really get their guys. It's just like kind of getting to that next level. So there's a lot of stuff to wade through. And Ohio State maybe underestimated what could happen here. And you know what? But they got time to figure it out. Oh, yeah, no doubt. They got to figure it out very quickly. And I only say this because, I mean, it was Notre Dame, and Notre Dame kind of had a down year this year. Yeah. But if you look at Colorado, they just signed a four-star running back that was committed to Notre Dame. Mm. So, obviously, that's the Dion effect. But if he goes out there and Colorado has a great year, and their facilities are really nice, He's going to keep on pulling on these players and there's going to be more and more money that is going to be going towards Colorado. So, Well, you get a Texas A&M, a Colorado who's going to pull kids like, who's it, that running back, Ruben Owens, a five-star kid, top running back. He was going to go to Louisville, Ohio State. Then he decommitted and Ohio State thought maybe. And now he's at Texas A&M. And maybe there's talk of like, these kids go there, get as much as you can. You get the money. They can't take it away from you and then transfer. So maybe they start creating contracts to say, you have to stay here X amount of time. But I don't know. I don't know what kids are signing it because they'd be like, well, I'm not going to sign there. I'll go to Miami because they're not making me sign a contract. Exactly. It's going to come down to the contract. Just (laughs) like when it comes to anything in life, it's all about the contract. Yeah. Whether it be, I don't know, your job that you have within, say, a university or I use life insurance for an example. Whatever life insurance contract you're under, whether that's a 50%, 60, 75, 100, 120, it all comes down to the contract and the commitment. Yeah. So people can choose to go wherever they want to based off of that contract and what's written down there. So, I mean, it's turning into a business in all aspects now. So, yeah, it's going to change a lot. And in the midst of all that, you got the transfer portal and you got the college football playoff and bowl season's coming up. You got bowl season, players are opting out left and right. Bowls are completely different than when you played, right? Not that long yeah. ago. And they're different from a yeah. few years ago. I mean, Christian McCaffrey seemed to be like one of the first and some other guys as well. But man, like all that stuff's happening as you're getting ready to play in a big game. It's a bowl game is a big game and the college football playoffs are the biggest games. I mean, how is Ohio State like... It's like we talked about before. My guess is they're focused in on what their job has to be, you know, and I'm sure they got the coaches and the leadership there is like any decisions that have to be made, we'll address those at that time. But it's hard, right? It's like the alignment thing that you've talked about so often on here is like, we're all on the same mission together and we got a second lease on life, as they say, in regards to football, at least Mm -hmm. much more different than normal lease on life. But anyway, here we go. And you got to get ready for Georgia like just waiting down there in Atlanta for you. Listen, whoever's going to be out there with you on that day, what is that? Is that a Saturday, I believe it is? Yeah, it's New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, New Year's yeah. Eve. Yeah, so that's a Saturday. So yeah, whoever's going to be out there is going to be out there. You can't really worry about kids that are entering the transfer portal, which we got to talk about that transfer portal a little bit later too, because I think we're down to like three or four safeties in, in our safety room yeah. as far as scholarships. So that's interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that one kid just transferred, right? Like, yeah, or at least just entered the transfer portal. He entered the portal. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, kids are going left and right. So, whoever's going to be here is going to be here. And you just concentrate on winning that game. I think it's going to come down to the senior leadership in that locker room. You got to be able to pull kids together, get them focused. And really, at this point, it's coming down to pride. You have to be able to go out there and play for Ohio State, but really go play for yourself and for your teammates. Mm. Really, those guys in the locker room for you are right next to you because everything else doesn't matter. I mean, the media is going to say what they're going to say. Unfortunately, the transfer portal is not going anywhere. And the only thing that they can do is control the controllables. And that's how they go out and they prep every single day and how they go and just really just approach every single day. So it's going to come down to leadership. How important, obviously it's an important game, like you chance to play for the national championship, play Georgia, play an SEC team. There's so many storylines here and it's obviously a big game. If they lose it, it's disappointing. But like they go out and they lose in a way, maybe they lost to Michigan this year and like they compete, but kind of just gets away from them towards the end. Like, is that like, hey man, this was, that was just this team and, you know, new players are coming in and it will grow from it. Or is it like, it'd be crushing to have another one of these types of losses. Cause then you look at CJ Stroud as an example. It's like, okay, what's his best win? It might've been at Penn state at noon this year, which is good team, Yeah, but there's no like storybook win that they have that he can put out there. But like, how important do you see? And maybe it's not just for CJ, but just overall how state's football program, like this game, like. Yeah. I think for the football program, this is me being old school. It's going to come down to the trenches, right? If you look in the trenches and you see either your D linemen are getting bullied or your offensive linemen are getting bullied, then it's like, okay, this has to be a strength staff issue. And it's going straight to the strength staff. What are you guys doing? We got to hold you accountable now because we just went on national TV and we got bullied and pushed up and down the field. Hmm. There was nothing that we could do about it, right? So if that happens, I don't think it will. But if that happens, then you start asking those questions. And then at least when I was playing, the question that everyone kept bringing up was, is Ohio State fast enough? Is the Big Ten fast enough? Yeah. Everyone was talking about SEC speed. And I mean, we proved, well, the 06 game, there was definitely a speed issue on the 06, at least on the edges. Yeah. You really saw it on the edges. Their defensive ends were just mm. incredible. They had a great game. Troy was basically running for his life the entire game. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I was playing, we played LSU and then we played Arkansas. Everyone was talking about SEC speed this and SEC mm. speed that. It wasn't a speed issue. It was just us actually going out there and just playing the game that we know how to play. So it just depends. Now, if they don't get pushed around and if it's not a speed issue, you're going to look at the players. You're going to see, okay, are the players essentially selling out on every single play and are giving 100% effort? And if they're not giving 100% effort, then it's a culture issue. So now you got to go and look at the culture of the locker room, look at the culture that is being preached by the coaches and look at who's following that culture, who's actually going to grow that culture or who's taken away from it. And if it's someone that's taken away, then you got to get rid of them because it's kind of, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but you want to make sure that you have the right people in your locker room and on your team so that whatever culture you're trying to develop, it can go and it can flourish. Because the minute that you let something and let someone who does not believe in that culture and is not going all in for that culture, at that point, if you let them stay on the team, they're going to start affecting other people. And then all of a sudden, you don't have the team that you want anymore. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's going to depend then, like you're saying, how the game goes. Like 
what are the reasons? And we got to look at it. And like, it's like when we get data and well, we can't just assume and we have to really dig deep into the data to figure out like what went wrong, what happened or what went right, hopefully. And it seems like there's this opportunity that exists and that's what they keep, the players keep talking about and fans see it and the media sees it. Like there's just, it was unlikely, it seemed. And then it was all of a sudden people started like, okay, maybe this could happen. And then it did happen. And you have this opportunity and you get to play the number one team in the country. That's the national champions undefeated. It's like they haven't lost since. And so that changes a lot. Like you have this opportunity to like immediately end it. And I get it. The Michigan lost stings. Last year's Michigan lost stings. But college football is in a different place now to where mm-hmm. you have the right to play Georgia, to go to the national championship, possibly play Michigan, possibly play TCU. I don't know. And it, to me, it almost doesn't matter. You can only beat who's in front of you. And you get this Georgia team that's coming out, man. And if they somehow find a way to do that, I'll tell you, no SEC team is going to be happy about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I look at it like this, too. Number one, there's two Big Ten teams in the playoffs. Mm. That's for sure. But even the Michigan loss, as much as I hate it, and I hate seeing it, you go win a national championship, it is what it is. And then you win a national championship by beating Michigan if they yeah. make it to the national championship on that stage. That loss that happened in November doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's a learning lesson along the way. Yeah. And there's a lot of fans saying, like, and you mentioned it, like they'd rather beat Michigan. I think things are changed and you see this and it's evolved, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's just different times. And it's only going more in the different times with transport, NIL, college football playoff. All of those things are changing the way we look at the sport. Yeah. But you also got to look at it too. At least the loss to Michigan last year and this year. Michigan was at least a top. 14. Yeah. So the drop wasn't going to be drastic, right? Yeah. Now, if you lose to Michigan, they're like number 18. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's a little bit different. You're done. Yeah, like it's over, right? Yeah. At least when we were playing, we didn't really have the playoff system. We had the BCS. Yeah. And it was like, you need to win every single game with a, a decent enough margin to where you have an opportunity to be one of the top two teams and then go and play in the national championship to where now... You got the 14 playoff, which could be expanding what's 12. And then all of a sudden, get to the playoffs. We're playing NFL yeah. style and or, I mean, high school style, whatever you want to call it. But people are used to playoffs. Like regular season games matter. Mm. But as long as you make the playoffs, you got a chance to go and win that championship. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think what you said to me too, like a few episodes ago, because I was like, what's your opinion on the playoff? And like, that's what you want, right? Like, an opportunity and, and that's what you're used to. So it's like only different in college, but on either side of it, high school and the NFL, it's like, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. Yeah. And yeah, I'll tell you what though, man, watching some of those conference championship games, I mean, those teams were hitting. Even that TCU game, I mean, that quarterback was like in serious pain. Like you have to win, I think four games, right? If you're in that first round, that's asking a lot of these kids to go and play. So, I mean, obviously they're going to, have to change the schedule a little bit. I don't think you could play the 12 game schedule conference championship plus this, like maybe get rid of one game, but man, I mean, these kids are leaving it all out in the field. I mean, they are just every play they're just hitting and it's man, the guys were hurt and you're not going to have three or four weeks because if you have a playoff, you're going to have to get right at it, you know, maybe give them a week off, but well, at the end of the day, if these kids and some of those kids on these teams are going to go to the NFL, you make the playoffs in the NFL, I mean, what is it, 18 or 19 games or 17 or 18 games regular season, whatever it is. Yeah, now it's 17 with the yeah, bye week, yeah. yeah. Then, then you, you add those four the playoffs, games in the playoffs. 
yeah. mean, they're just preparing them for that next level. So, I mean, it is what it is. Part at of this the game. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have to adjust. I mean, yeah. they also don't do two days like we used to do them anymore either. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, their yeah. body's somewhat rested, right? But, yeah, I mean, they can get over it. Yeah. They're I mean, young. Listen, it is what it is, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you play the game, the playoffs, baby. Yeah. Well, we got it. Yeah, man. So we'll see. What's the vibe? In Columbus? The Columbus and the people that you talk to, former players, like, how are we feeling about the game? I think we were very excited about the game up until the point where we did not get tickets to the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then it kind of dipped a little bit. But we're yeah. still excited that we're in the playoffs. We're going to the Peach Bowl. And I'm just excited for the Buckeyes to go and represent. That's all I want to see. I want to see good football. I mean, I don't want to see us get bullied. I want them to go out there and play with pride and play for something bigger than themselves. Play for their teammates. Yeah. That's all I care about. And I want to see CJ Stroud run a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. You don't ask for a lot. Just a little bit, man. Because yeah. they're going to let you at this point because they know you're not going to. So yeah, I doubt they even put a spy out on them, if I'm being honest. So yeah, we turn their back. And yeah, like they just, he's not going to run. If he runs, okay, yeah. we'll deal with it. But just don't let him beat him with his arm. So that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone's excited, teammates-wise. Columbus is excited. But I also feel like, I mean, it's also just me. I think it's kind of quiet as well. And I say that because normally going into the playoffs, you're like, you beat Michigan, you won a Big Ten championship, now you're going to the next you know, playoff game, the, the semifinal game. Like, we lost to Michigan, had to sit a week and watch the Big Ten championship. <laughs> We got into the playoffs, so now it's kind of like you're starting up again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the momentum that could have been there is gone. Well, I shouldn't say gone. It's slowed down, but it's slowly picking yeah. up. And as the game gets closer, I'm sure the hype is going to go up even more. Does it feel at all like the LSU year when you lose to Illinois? You beat Michigan, so it's different. And there was no Big Ten championship game, right? So, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like you're out and then. Who is it? West Virginia and Kansas Virginia, State both Kansas, lose. Man, it was wild. <laughs> the wildest yeah. thing happened. But yeah, to me, looking at it, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I've even talked to some of my teammates, talked to uh, Jamel Hines on that day. And I was like, yo, it feels like 07 all over again. And yeah. he was like, man, I was going to say the same exact thing. Like, everyone keeps on losing. Everything that we need to happen is happening. Yeah. So, like, it feels that way. And at this point, Hopefully, the kids in that locker room, they realize, like like you said, this is your second chance. Go and get it. It's like, go win. You don't have many chances. Yeah. Not many people can say they're national champions. I can't. Yeah. I never won one. Yeah. But they can. If they choose to, they can be a team and say they won one. So They're capable. This team's capable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Georgia's a good team, and we talked about this last time, but we're going to find out. And no different that we'll find out about Ohio State. Just the same. Yep. And if Ohio State's offense does what they do and what they're capable of doing and the talent that they have, and they go drop 35, 40 plus points on this team, man, I can't sit here and say that that's not possible. I mean, I would not be surprised. Yeah, it's a, Georgia's a different defense. They haven't faced it, but Ohio State's clicking and they're doing what they do and they drop 42. That's not crazy. Why would mm. that be crazy? I mean, if he's just dealing. No, it's not. And I think, was it Georgia early this year? Were they playing? They Kent struggled State? in some games. Was it Kent State? Yeah. I think it was a yeah. decently close game. I mean, obviously, Georgia yeah. won. Yeah. But, like, yeah. it just showed that anyone can get beat. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. So, you never know. They might show up, and for Ohio State, we might be up 21 to nothing right now. 
You just never know. Yeah. But again, we always say it, but that's why the game is played. You never yeah. know what can happen. So Yeah, you don't. You go out there and you prepare and you go. That's it. We talk about these new opportunities you have and clearing the decks and starting over and New Year's is around the corner. And I was curious, like, because I know your mindset, we've talked a lot, you work mm-hmm. out a lot, you do all these things and because you can make a change at any day. You know, and what I heard was JTT was in the locker room in the workout facility and says, let's not like feel sorry for ourselves. Let's get back to work and act as if we're going to play in the big game. And he was a leader and they, and other players have said, he spoke up and said, we're not going to sit here and feel sorry for ourselves. So they didn't have to wait to find out that they were going to be in the playoff. They decided ahead of time. So it's no different than, and I'm not saying that you can't use New Year's as a way to clear the decks and start over businesses. You know, there's reasons to do that, but it's like, if you want to start working out, if you want to start a podcast, why wait? Just start right now. And so like, I would imagine, I'm just speaking the way you think about this stuff of like, New Year's resolutions and all this kind of stuff that comes up around this time of year. Like, where does your mind go when I say all that? Goes to many places. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, like, you have to decide on what you want to do, period. Waiting, patiently waiting, I said it in quotations, like, I'm 100% for that. If you're actually actively writing out the plan, writing out, okay, this is how I'm going to do it, and you're being strategic like that, in that sense of waiting, then yeah. But if it's something where like, hey, my New Year's, I want to start working out, why wait till January 1? Just drop down and do 10 push-ups right now. You just started working out. Good job. It's a little warm outside. Go walk around the block. That's your first workout. You did it before the New Year. So now you're ahead of the game. So now two weeks before January 1, and you're doing this consistently, you already built the habit. So running into the New Year is nothing. And for those who want to do and get a gym membership and go to the gym, and do those kind of things, I would say, start right now. No one's in the gym right now. You can get over that fear and anxiety right now because come January 1, it will be packed and you're going to feel like you're overwhelmed. But if you go there early, which is like now, and you get your routine down, you see where the machines are, you do all those things, everything will be fine. But as far as, you know, Ohio State and looking into the new year, which is now their playoff, right? JTT, I mean... He let him know right then and there, hey, we're not waiting. We're doing it right now so that when it happens, we're not going to be caught off guard like, oh, snap, we're actually going to the playoffs. Now I have to start working again. Like, no, you don't stop working. Keep on working. Yeah. Don't stop till the job is done. So, I mean, good for him. I think, what is he, a sophomore, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, good for him. Great mindset. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If that's the leader you have right there. Yeah, and that's what they needed. That's what we keep hearing, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that stuff's important, man. I mean, you gotta, it's all <laughs> it's about, very important. you gotta do it right now. I mean, we talked about it for a while, right? A podcast. I think I got an interview with you, what, in 2020? Yeah. And we didn't start our podcast, what, until 2022, but we talked about yeah. it the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And while yeah. talking the entire time, we could already had the mic Absolutely. set up. So that's why yeah. when I sent you over, hey, I sent you the text, like, hey, what mic should I get? And you sent me a few different ones. I ordered it and it was here and like, two days like you just have to take action just action that's all it is it just takes a little bit of action you don't have to make 15 or 20 percent progress just one just do something yeah i even think too it's like kind of cool that you can always have setbacks right you could look back and say i made a mistake i should have started this sooner and all these things you don't have to look back at it just like you admitted though like man i we could have done this sooner but there's other things happening and maybe there's reasons for that 
but it's okay to to have that. You just want to learn from it and not give yourself too many outs over yeah. and over and over again because then you become the person that looks for those ways to not do it. Yeah, man. I mean, there's that. And I know for me, and I mean, it could be anyone else that's listening too, just speaking with a few different people within that leadership over with my insurance group, we've been reading Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. So yeah. I read it a year ago. Now I'm rereading it. I'm reading it again, I should say. And just listening to what he's saying. Now this dude is, he's different. Don't get it twisted. Like my guy was yeah. built different mentally. Like he's, he's a psychopath in a good way, but like he's yeah. just differently mentally, but it took him years to build up that mental fortitude. Right. But yeah, man, reading that man really allowed me just to retrain my mind all over again. Cause there's certain things yeah. where I was kind of getting, I guess, soft or lax on that yeah. after I started reading and listening to it on an audio book, like my mindset flipped that quickly. Yeah. So yeah. I would also say for those people who are listening to this, make sure you're listening to positive content, good positive content in, in between those ears because your mental attitude, that's going to take you a lot further than anything else. And like, don't wait. There's things that you can do right now. So if you're listening to this and you're saying, hey, I want to go work out, like at this moment, just press pause on the podcast and just do 10 push-ups. And if you can't do 10 push-ups, do as many as you can at this moment. And then I promise you, you'll feel better. And you just consistently continue to do that. You'll be doing push-ups all day, every day. Yeah. But it's just a mindset. And you telling your body, this is what I'm doing. Come hell or high water, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, it's just man. a mindset, man. I love it. David Goggins, you see, he's got his new book out. He just dropped a new one. He did just drop a new one. Never finished. Never finished. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. they were reading that one too. I haven't finished. I did not yeah. complete Can't Hurt Me Yet or for yeah. the second time. Yeah, yeah. They just came out with this thing last week or Yeah, like a week or two. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I mean, started it. Oh, so you're reading That's it? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, Doug. Man, I'll tell you what. And when he was telling those stories, I know of the place, I'm drawing a blank on the skating place that his dad owned. Oh, over in Buffalo. In Buffalo. Yeah. And man, it's just wild to hear these stories. And it's like, man, what he had to go through. It's just, and just little bits. If you go on TikTok and get little bits of his stuff, you can go read his book or watch his videos. Mm -hmm. And when he's out there running and he's MFing people, and I don't know how you don't get a little bit like it's not even, and he even talks about motivations for shit. Like, it's just okay, trash. so because <laughs> like when the game starts, you could be all hyped up, you'd be overhyped up, but let's say you are hyped up and it starts off well, but things start happening, right? You lose your motivation, you get punched in the mouth. What happened? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm very motivated at times to go to the gym. But when I open up that door and it's raining cats and dogs, I'm like, eh. <laughs> motivation stops at that point. Yeah. Now it's just kind of like, yo, this is what I do because this is what I do. Yeah. Rain, snow, doesn't matter what it is. I'm getting to the gym, right? Yeah. And his book, he talks about that stuff. It's just certain things that when it comes to motivation, it's trash. And you just have to look within yourself and say, this is what I'm doing. And I'm doing the things that suck and that I do not like. And I'm becoming very good at it. Like this dude didn't even know how to swim. But yet he's a Navy SEAL. Like That's crazy. That's crazy. Didn't even know how to swim, but became a Navy SEAL. Like yeah. still to this day. Jumps into the water to this day. It can't really swim all like that, but still does it because he says, I suck at it. And it's kind of a fear of mine, but I'm doing it anyway because this is what I know I need to do in order to get my mind right. Man. 
That's yeah. a different dude, man. Callous the mind. Yeah, that's just wild. What do you say? Like pregame speeches, right? You see the movies, you hear them, you see them, and they show the videos of them and they motivate. And maybe it's not always motivation, right? And then I'll go to this. Like it's been some years. USC was playing Alabama in the first game of the year, maybe in Texas Stadium, whatever they were doing, ATT Stadium. <laughs> and Alabama runs on the field like they've been there a million times before. Just do what they're here for. And they look the part, right? USC is about to come on the field and you see the first few rows of guys and, and they're dancing and they're talking trash and they're showing the hype that they have. You're like, oh man, this game's going to be crazy. Alabama beat the brakes off of them, like right off the bat. And you're just like, man, that team, you could not tell me was not motivated to play that game. They didn't stand a chance out there. So it's like, they must've gotten a hype speech in the locker room and all this stuff. It didn't matter. <laughs> I mean, in life, one thing I've noticed, whether it's fights, whether whatever it may be, the person that's talking the most isn't the person I'm worried about. I'm worried about the person that's sitting there in the corner not saying a word. Mm. That's the one I'm really worried about. And the same thing with football or whatever it may be. Like there's guys who sit there and they just yap, 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 yap. And some of them can back it up. Right. Cool. But the majority of the time, mm. I'm worried about the guy that's sitting there quiet. Because I've seen the guys that were sitting there very quiet, destroy people. <laughs> Cam, very quiet. Yeah. But he's going to take yourself every single play. <laughs> like, yeah. It just is what it is. I'm not worried about the guy that talks. It's that guy that kind of just sits there and there's a calm. There's a calm and like in between the storm, in the storm, like that's the person you got to worry about. But also, if that person is on your side, that's the person you're about to go to battle with. You're not worried about the guy that's over there screaming and yapping and saying, God knows what. Because 90% of the time, they're going to run or they're going to fold after that first punch or that first hit. Yeah. I'm worried about the guy that gets hit in the face, looks down at blood, then licks it up and keeps on going. That's the guy you got to worry about. Not worried about the guy that just talks all the time. So yeah. that's just me. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that too, but. Yeah, I think so. You should always worry about the person that's just sitting there. Yeah kind of went deep right there, but it's all good. It is, man. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, so you have that and you have that battle and you play the game and after the game's over, players come and shaking hands and maybe you see someone you know. Fans get very passionate. Someone did something during the game and they don't like that player anymore. Or they're very upset or they want to complain about it and why would you talk to that guy? Like, it seems though that like, and you know, when you play sports, there's a respect. Like, you can battle while the game's going on. But after the game, men were both competing at the same thing. And I think fans sometimes get it twisted and take it as we've talked about before. And I'm all, cause you played on both yeah. sides of this thing now, but after the game and you've done all this fighting and battling and whatever that, and one team lost and one team won. And so what's that like, especially in these big games, we talk about Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, TCU, Michigan, you know, it's like that game's going to end and someone is going to have their feelings hurt. <laughs> And there might be some big reasons for that, but... I mean, as a player, after that battle goes on, it depends too, right? Like, there's two extremes. There's a battle yeah. between the whistles where you, me you and this other person are going at it. Blow for blow. He might be running his mouth. You respond. You might be running, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, when the game's over, you can go and shake hands and say, hey, I respect your game, Right. But then there's also situations where someone's just disrespectful, just super disrespectful. Yeah. And like, 
it carries over to the after the game and possibly the next year, depending yeah. on, you know, what year they are. So it just all depends, man. Depends on what's said and what happens, right? Yeah. But as far as fans, there's times where it just depends on the fan too. The extreme fans, I've heard them say things like they wish some player breaks their leg or X, Y, Z. And mm. I'm kind of like, my man, it's really not that deep. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? But there's the other side where it's like, you're just sick and tired of this guy because he keeps getting sacks or interceptions or whatever it may be. But at the end of the game, you're like, hey, that kid was really good. Mm-hmm. Man, I really had to play against that kid. I hope we never see him again. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's different extremes and it just depends on the person, but that's the beauty of the game. You just never know what you're going to get. Yeah. But I think for me, some of my best times playing the game was against someone who was just as good or better than me in a certain way because it, it forced me to step my game up and we had to just go blow for blow. And at, at the end of the day, we're able to shake hands and say, hey, good guy. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all it is. We left it all out there. There's nothing else to say. So, yeah, man. Yeah. A respect and appreciation comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's a beautiful thing. That's why, like, if I'm out and I sit there and I'm talking to someone and they happen to say that they played football at a collegiate level, and I don't care if it's Denison, I don't care if it's Ohio State, I don't care if it's, I don't know, Mount Union, whatever, D1, D2, I really don't care. There's a certain level of respect because I know as someone that played on that level what you went through. Mm. And at certain times, depending on the level, like you probably went through a little bit more than me because you didn't have the facilities that I had. You didn't have really the resources that I had and you still did it every single day. Yeah. You know, so there's a level of respect that you just, I mean, it's earned. You pay your dues and I mean, there's just respect, a, a natural respect that's there. Unless you're Desmond Howard, and then he just is just disrespectful. To disrespectful, everyone. man. I just can't. Everyone's making something out about shaking hands and not shit. And RG3 was back there just dying. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing. I mean, it's a clown, dude. CJ Stroud did the right thing. And what I didn't like, and I don't know, maybe he did, but he was saying how Desmond said something like, I talked to CJ Stroud after last year, mm-hmm. and we we're good. Then it, you don't get to decide if we're good, and you can't just go out there and say it. Like, how do you know we're good? Like, and maybe he was good, but you know what? They're not that good. <laughs> I mean, it is what it yeah, is, man. Exactly. God bless this, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's not the guy I'm worried about. That's basically yeah, what I'm saying. Move on. <laughs> yeah. And those types of people, you know what? That's just fun to talk about. And then mm-hmm. you just, someone like that. And maybe CJ has a picture of him in his locker in the NFL and just oh, like yeah. whatever he's got to do. When you were saying about not having the facilities and we were talking about David Goggins before I saw this video of him and he's in a hotel room because people make mistakes. Well, I don't have access to a gym. I don't have access to these things. And he's damn, he's lifting whatever's in the damn hotel room, getting mm-hmm. a workout in. It's like, there's no excuse. It doesn't matter. Like you can fit it where you go outside in a parking lot. And so- If you want to work out, but you work funny. out. When you said you don't have the facilities, that made me think of him working out. Like, I don't know what he was holding onto. I think he had a towel and doing some crazy yeah, stuff with yeah. it. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've been in places where I was like, man, we don't have a curl bar. Like, all right, well, let's just use this towel. So- one person yeah. holds the bottom of the towel, the other person holds the yeah. top, and you just do curls yeah. that way. <laughs> so yeah. you figure out a way. It's some milk jugs or something the milk up in jugs, there. Milk jugs, push ups, squats, lunges, whatever it is that you have to do, you'll get it in. If you want to get it in, if you want to get a workout in, you will. So, yeah. Man. That's life, you know. This is good stuff, man. I appreciate it. I know we're posting some of these videos on our TikTok and 
YouTube shorts and getting comments, getting feedback, getting text messages of impact. And you know, if no one did listen, I still enjoy these conversations. And I know they have impact on me and people around me because I know some people that will listen to it or hear what I have to say as a result of our conversation. So we'll keep doing it, man. Listen, I'm here for it, man. I mean, honestly, I love talking about football and all that good stuff. But seeing that one comment that you sent over to me, I think that was probably more fulfilling than anything than talking about mm. college football playoffs and this, that, the other. But being able to express something like that and it resonate with somebody, I think that was the biggest thing. Yeah. So that was dope. And I think even when we had our first conversation two years ago and we kind of talked about mental health and things like that, I think it was really good just to talk those things out as well, especially with everything that just happened with, I believe, Twitch, I believe it was, who was yeah. over on the yeah. Ellen show. Like seeing things like that, I think that's why it's important to talk about mental health and just have conversations outside of the game because you never know what someone's going through. I mean, even me, I still have my daily and or weekly or monthly struggles mentally, whether it's, hey, I'm not not where I want to be, even though I'm patiently being impatient. I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I know as long as I keep on going, everything's going to be okay. But to hear someone say that and admit, hey, you know what? I'm not where I am. I'm not where I want to be, but I know that I'm on my way to getting there. Hearing someone say that, I think it helps someone else to be like, hey, you know what? I kind of feel that same exact way. And it's good to know that someone else is going through the same thing. Right. So mm. I think these conversations are bigger than the game, which I know we always say that, but it truly is. You never know who's listening, who needs to just get on a podcast and or, as I say, word vomit. As long as you get all of that out of you, and if it makes you feel better for the next day or two or even a week or a month, then I think it's good to have that platform or at least an outlet. Yeah. Or just to listen to something like this and or go listen to Goggin's story and hear everything that he went through and not necessarily comparing your story with his, but to hear how he basically calloused his mind. And at the end of each chapter, he gives you something to go and do. So it's not yeah. just you listening but it's you actually putting what he said into action. So I think those things are good, man. Yeah, man. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's bigger than the game. And this is why we're here. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.